We're continuing our Prophets in Profile sermon series, and I bet you'll never guess which prophet we're on today. <laughs> we, st- we started with Miriam back in uh, the first Sunday of the year, right? Miriam, who with Moses and Aaron led the people out from under Egypt into the Exodus, the promised land. And as they enter that promised land, the people have to deal with other religions, other people who do different kinds of things like worship the Canaanite god Baal. And so you have a prophet like Elijah who comes to the forefront who speaks out against that. Over time though, the, the Assyrians and the Babylonians crush the people and cast them out from the promised land and they're in exile and you see a prophet like Jeremiah come alongside the people and help them to lament that reality, the reality of the exile. And then Ezekiel, we had as our fourth prophet, Ezekiel says, come on, you can do this, folks. You can still be the people of God, even in exile. He was an inspirational prophet in many ways. And then last week, we looked at the prophet Jonah. Jonah, who uh, lived in, a, in, the, in the time where the people were looking at Assyria up north, his stories written and told after the exile because the people are having to figure out what it means to go home and be in relationship with folks that have hurt you, that abused you, that sent you off into exile. And what do you do when God says you still have to live with them? And now as we come to the prophet Daniel, we're in and facing a new empire, and that is the Persian Empire. And in fact, Persia is is the force that actually frees the people uh, from exile and lets them come home. So here we are with Daniel today. Next week, by the way, we have a guest preacher, Dr. Pollard. It's President's Day weekend. We sort of have this little tradition going that every year on President's Day weekend, we have a seminary president uh, come and be a guest preacher. He won't be in the series, so if you want to keep the series going, Nehemiah is our next prophet at 8 a.m. Pastor Alex will be preaching, so you can come and stay with that, and then come and listen to Dr. Pollard if you want, and then uh, Pastor Angelo will be preaching on Esther the following week. Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said from this pulpit that is not according to your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe and believing obey. Amen. Almost forgot my prayer there forgetting. It's going to be a theme today. You ever, you have a person in your life that makes you look better than you actually are? Do you have a person in your life that makes you look better than you actually are? Some of us have a spouse, right, honey? Some of, some of us have a spouse, and, and when folks meet your spouse and get to know her, they, 
they think, how in the world did she end up with him? You know, maybe some of you are in a relationship like that. Do you have a person in your life that makes you look better than you actually are? Some of us have or had a parent that made sure that we would leave the house with our shirts tucked in and our hair combed straight, right? They made us look better than we actually were. I'm so lucky I work in a place where I have associate pastors and a director of music and a, and a Jen Morris, if you know Jen Morris, who make me look better than I actually am. It's a really great life in that way. I've always been fortunate in ministry to be surrounded by people that make me look better than I actually am. In my first call, I was, uh, I was at the very bottom of the administrative structure, you know, fresh out of seminary, no uh, support from within the office or anything like that. But I had this big dream for a youth ministry program. And there was this woman named Karen, I'm going to call her Karen today, who was a member of the church, and she was an empty nester, and she wanted to help make the mission trip program strong again. The year I arrived, only, se only four senior high youth, four senior high youth were involved in the mission trip program. And the following year, Karen and I, we grew this program to 30 participants. And I was out front, you know, and loving the kids and, and building this ministry. But Karen, Karen was somehow so happy to be filling out the paperwork and collecting the registration and, and being on people for getting their travel and accommodations worked out. She was making me look better than I was. The year after that, Karen and I together, we grew that program to 50 participants, this mission trip program. And it was more work, especially for her, to manage all those details. But she was part of something that was growing and something that she felt was special and that was near and dear to her heart. And so she, she took it all with a great amount of stride in her step. Well, the year after that, we grew the program again to 70 participants. And as the registrations rolled in, you can imagine that the emails that Karen sent me were a bit edgier than the years before. But she still did all those things that made me look better than I was. So you can imagine when the year after that, I said to her, let's shoot for a hundred. You can imagine the look she gave me. But we did shoot for a hundred and we had a hundred participants in that program that year. And she managed it, the details. She was the kind of person that could just do that kind of thing. You know, her brain worked that way, not like mine. But now, it doesn't. Karen is struggling 
to remember things. The one who could remember the smallest detail about a missing form or a payment, she's struggling to remember things. You know what I mean? We don't talk much about what it's like to struggle to remember things. We talk about all kinds of other maladies. Even in church, we talk about how it is when someone dies or when someone's diagnosed with cancer or some other disease. We even are beginning, and this is really important, and we're beginning to talk about mental illness and depression. We have that event on Wednesday night, as I said. But we really don't talk much about what life is like when we struggle to remember things. Or when the people we love struggle to remember us. Or how it feels when we lose someone that, have, that has forgotten who we are or how we loved or what they could do. Even listening to me mention this today might be difficult for some people. But my hope is that by naming that in this community of sincerity, there might be some affirmation for you in knowing that you are not forgotten and that there is in today's story from Daniel a promise to remember. God has a perfect memory, even when we do not. God has a perfect memory, even when we do not. And Daniel lived in a time of forgetting. I told you that Persia was the empire of the day. Uh, but the book of Daniel is actually influenced by all of the empires that came before. If you read the next chapter of the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, you're going to read an apocalyptic chapter of the Bible, it's this dream Daniel has. And in this dream, these beasts and monsters emerge from the chaos of the waters. And it's very confusing as to what they represent. But if you read through it and you know the context, you know that he's talking about the empires that came before Persia and including Persia, the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, and the Greeks. Each one in this dream eventually succumbs to the fire only to be outlasted by the kingdom of God, the ancient of days. So when we meet Daniel in today's text, we find him at odds with the Persian authorities, the dudes, as Fernando put it. He has somehow risen through the ranks of the Persian establishment. He reminds me, Daniel reminds me in so many ways of Joseph in Egypt with Pharaoh. Daniel has a similar relationship, it seems, with the Persian king Darius. He's a trusted member of his court. And the scriptures don't tell us actually how he found his way to that place, but they do tell us that his contemporaries find him problematic. And so they set this trap for Daniel. 
and for the king, if you read closely, they set this trap by insisting that King Darius create a new rule that limits the way that Daniel and those like Daniel are allowed to pray. And they appeal to the king's ego. Did you see that? They say the only way that people are allowed to pray, king, is that they should be praying to you. Ah, yes. Great idea. I like that idea too. If you want to be with us, this new rule says, you have to forget who you are. Daniel lived in a time of forgetting. If you want to be with us, you have to forget who you are. And that reminds me in so many ways of the drama you get with teenagers. Or do you remember that in middle school and high school that if you want to be with us, you've got to forget who you are. You can see that kind of thing play out in cafeterias and on sports teams. If you've ever seen the movie Mean Girls, anybody seen the movie Mean Girls? It, it, it's a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. In this movie, Katie, the new girl in high school, arrives to find herself attached to no social group. And so she walks around the cafeteria and she falls in line with this group of kids who seem relatively secure with themselves and they're welcoming to her as this new friend. Over time though, Katie succumbs to this pressure to, to climb the social ladder as you do and she gives up these friends and she gives up a lot of, of who she is as a good-hearted kid. And she lands with Regina and Gretchen as one of the plastics one of the popular girls and she changes the way she looks and she changes the way she talks and she changes the way that she treats other people so that she can impress Regina, the queen bee. And at one point in the movie, Katie reflects, she says, the weird thing about hanging out with Regina was that I could hate her and at the same time, I still wanted her to like me. If you want to be with us, Regina says, you have to forget who you are. Why doesn't that change when you become a grown-up? You know, we walk out the doors of our church, of our homes, and there's this enormous pressure to forget who we are, right? And maybe it's not from the empire called Persia, but there are other empires of a kind, I think, as if the only way to get by is to morph into some adult version of the plastics and impress people that will almost instantaneously forget us when we become any kind of minor inconvenience to the way that they do life. We need to read Daniel as much as any teenager who's being asked to forget who they are needs to read Daniel. Because we're trying to make it, we're trying to make ourselves look better than we are by forgetting who we are. But Daniel never forgot who he was. 
That's why he's so inspirational. The decree from Darius was ignored. In fact, Daniel takes that decree as an opportunity to go home right then and there and pray. (laughs) And he opens the windows. He could have kept them shut. Let's keep this a secret. He opens the windows to Jerusalem. And not only does Daniel go home and pray with the windows open to Jerusalem, he gets down on his knees and prays three times a day. And not only does Daniel open those windows and pray on his knees three times a day, he does so with the threat of the lion's den at his back. Daniel never forgot who he was. Because Daniel never forgot who God was. But not all of us are as good at remembering like Daniel, right? We don't like to talk about it, but we forget. We we don't like to talk about how we forget how blessed we are how these really are the good old days. And we don't like to forget, we don't like to talk about how we forget how good God is to us and what the ministry of Jesus has meant to us. We don't like to talk about how we forget to be charitable with our things and our time. We forget to be gracious with our patience and our forgiveness as God has been gracious with his patience and forgiveness for us. We don't like to talk about how we are like Karen. Karen who is struggling to remember things. Where she left things. Who her friends are. What her husband means to her. How the days are slipping by. And it's heartbreaking. Anyone that's watched this or worries about this struggle to remember things knows what I mean because it's, it's like watching and waiting outside the lion's den. Because there's nothing you can do to stop what might happen. And there's nothing you can do to save it or fix it. There's this impendingness. But ours is a God that knows his way around a lion's den. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And what does Daniel say back? O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and he has shut the mouths of the lions. As inspiring as it is to know the story of Daniel and how he never forgot who he was, how much more comforting is it to know the story of God and how he never forgot who Daniel was and where Daniel was and what Daniel needed. And the same can be said for Karen and for all of us who forget, who struggle to remember. God has a perfect memory, even if we do not 
He knows who we are, he knows where we are, and he knows what we need. We forget the poor. We forget the past. We forget to reach out. We forget to say thank you. You know, I'm not sure I ever actually said thank you to Karen, the one that made me look better than I was. We were going through life, right? I guess I just forgot. But I'll never forget the last day at that church. I had this receiving line afterward where everybody was saying goodbye and I was crying the whole way through it. And who comes through the line but Karen? And she gave me this big hug and, and looked me in the face like we did something special together, didn't we? Even though I hadn't said thank you to her, I'd forgotten. I think that's redemption. I think that is God making us look better than we are. We all struggle through this life trying to make ourselves look good maybe even become one of the plastics. But the promise today, the promise of Daniel, is that God remembers us and that God is always making us look better than we are. Amen.